sing our first song as we uh, begin our service this morning, our time of worship, and we're going to sing, This Is My Song. Said and done, 
We thank you for what you're going to do. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible tells us, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And so I want us today, as we sing this next song about our blessed assurance and that we have assurance of our salvation, let's rejoice in the Lord and be glad in it as we sing this next song, Blessed Assurance. invite to come with you, uh, that would be a great opportunity to do so in maybe a little bit smaller 
uh, environment that they would feel more comfortable in as well. And it's a great time to ask your questions. And so if you have questions, we uh, want you to ask them because getting your questions answered is of utmost importance. It's hard to live a life and to have questions that are unanswered. I'm not saying you're going to have all your questions answered because we don't know everything. But we can take you to the Bible and answer the questions that God wants us to be asking. And the questions that are dealing with our lives today and the society that we live in, the Bible does answer. And so as we get into our last song here, we're going to sing in Christ alone. Uh, after Ephesians and what we're going to talk about 
And uh, I'm excited about getting that graphic out to you and some of the news here in the next couple of weeks, just so you have an idea of where we're headed uh, in the next series and the next book that we're going to walk through on Sunday mornings. Ephesians chapter 5, look at verse 8 with me. Hopefully you're there by now. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says this. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And so if you look at your Bible there, you would see it says, Walk as children of light. And then there's some uh, parentheses. There's uh, kind of this offshoot of what he's mentioning. And then he gets back to what his passage says. So he says here in uh, verse 8, he says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, is his whole thought. Okay? We'll get back to that here in just a minute. Verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, where in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melodies in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God in the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. This morning we're going to talk about imitators of God part two. In verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And we walk through the first seven verses, and now we're going to walk through verses 8 through 21, and we're going to talk about being imitators of God, part 2. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you, Lord, once again for this time. Thank you once again for this opportunity that we have to worship you. This opportunity that we have to understand what you have for us in your word and you want us to know how we can live our lives in conjunction with your will it even says here in this verse that we may know what the will of God is the acceptable things of you of what the, of, to the Lord what is acceptable to you what is acceptable in your eyes what do you desire from us Father I pray you'd help us Pray you'd give us a good day today, that you would be honored and glorified through those who couldn't make it this morning. And Father, I pray that you would tuck their, their bodies, that they'd be able to uh, get back quickly uh, so we could worship with them once again as well. We thank you for what you're going to do. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week, as I said in uh, verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. God desires for us to imitate him. God desires for our lives to reflect his character to reflect who he is who he is is what the bible says that god is love and so yes we ought to love like god he says therefore be imitators of me of god as dear children and walk in love god is love and we ought to walk in love that unconditional love that love uh, that uh, uh, shows people that we are not looking out just for ourselves, but that we are willing to sacrifice for them. That we are willing to give up of our own desires and wants sometimes uh, for the benefit of others. Walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. This love is a love that is a sacrificial love. 
There's other loves that we could classify in uh, our society, and we have brotherly love. The city of Philadelphia is uh, named for the brotherly love. That's what it's talking about, uh, which is why it's the city of brotherly love. Uh, we see an erotic love, an eros love, that is simply a lustful love. A, it is not true love, uh, but in the context of what we're uh, talking about today, uh, it's a, uh, an eros or erotic or uh, lustful or something that you can just uh, perceive with your eyes and it uh, really gets you into a, a, a manner of living a life that is not a sacrificial type of love. He says, a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. God is pleased with Christ's love in his sacrifice. And he is pleased with our love when we also love unconditional. He goes on to say, before occasion, all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be named among you as it is fitting for saints. We are to not have these things named among us, not to be something that somebody could easily uh, put our lives and these things together, uh, knowing that we are one of those. We do these works, these things, these works of the flesh, as it says uh, in Galatians, verse 4, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving offense. Our, our speech uh, is to be seasoned with grace. We're to Speak in a way that is edifying, not of tearing down. We talked about that last week. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of God, of Christ, and God. Somebody who lives a life habitually like this is not a Christian. They are not somebody who is part of the kingdom of of God. He goes on to say, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. And you're going to see this word partakers here in just a minute in this next passage, using a different, uh, a different way of, uh, of translation, translating it. It doesn't say the word partakers, but it's the same concept. He says, therefore, do not be partakers with them. Verse 8, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. First, I want us to understand that imitators of God walk in the light. Imitators of God walk in the light. It says, for you were once darkness, you were in darkness. You were uh, not able to see. You were uh, somebody who was not living in the light. But now you are light in the Lord. But now you are living in the light. If you're living within your identity in Jesus. We once had no choice but lived in darkness. Because we were children of darkness because we were uh, having that natural inclination to living in darkness, living blinded to what our sin truly was. For you were once darkness, and now you are light of the Lord. And then he says, walk as children of light. So you are now light in the Lord. You now uh, have the light inside of you. Uh, Jesus Christ living in your life uh, through the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, Jesus said in uh, the Gospels that he would send another comforter. That the Father, uh, when Jesus would die and go to heaven, that the Father would send another comforter. Another of the same kind. Another that was just like Jesus. I have, he is the Spirit of God who will then live inside of us and comfort us. In Christ alone, that, that one of those verses that we uh, sang, it said that the comforter was in us. We have that comforter. It is Jesus in us through the Holy Spirit of God. That light is in us through the Holy Spirit of God. We are 
living, we, are, we, we have light in the Lord. We are light in the Lord. Now walk after that light. Now walk after the light that you are already in Jesus. The identity that you have in Jesus is now to be lived out by walking in the light. How do we know what the light is? The Word of God. It says the Bible is a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. The light that shines from the Word of God, it dispels all of the darkness. Imitators of God walk in the light. You live in the light. You don't live in darkness. But he goes on to say here, not only do we live in the light, he says here uh, in verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. He says, this, like I said, this little uh, parenthetical statement. He says, for the fruit of the Spirit, or the fruit of light, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The light and the fruit of that light the fruit of that spirit is in goodness, is in righteousness, doing what doing right, doing what is right, and in truth. You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say it's an acceptance. He doesn't say that the light of the Spirit, or the fruit of the light, the fruit of the Spirit is not in acceptance, but it's in truth. You know, we won't turn anybody away, because we all have to start somewhere in this journey that we call Christianity. But I will say that we will not allow you, to the best of our ability, to allow you to stay where you are. Because that's not God's desire for you. God's desire is not that you would stay uh, a heathen, or God's desire is not that you would stay unsaved, that you would not have a relationship with him, uh, but that you would be saved. But God's desire is also uh, not that you would stay a baby Christian. His desire is not that you would stay taking in the milk of the word, but that you would grow thereby so you could take in the meat of the word, so that you could start to study it yourself, so that you can start to read the Bible and understand it yourself. And as you're a baby Christian, maybe you need uh, this preaching time more so uh, because you need somebody to help you to understand the Word of God as you're just starting to learn how to hear His voice. But as you grow in the Lord, and as you continue to learn what God is trying to teach you, and as you take that next step of faith, and as you just trust Him a little bit more that next day, and as you continue to grow in the Lord... That is God's desire for you, that you continually grow. Paul even said, the Apostle Paul, he said, I have not attained, I have not uh, got to the end where I should be, uh, but I have done all that God wanted me to do while I was on this earth. He wants us to grow. He wants us to continue to know him and to know him in a greater way and to live for him in a greater way. He says that his fruit of the Spirit, his fruit of the light, is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And then he finishes that statement where he says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Walk as children of the light, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. You live in darkness, you're not going to find out what is acceptable to the Lord. You live as a child of darkness, you're not going to find out what is acceptable to the Lord. Because when you live in darkness, you're going to shun the light. You ever wake up early in the morning, and you had to go to the bathroom or something, and you needed some light because maybe you didn't have a, uh, a little night light in there so you could see uh, when it was dark. And you flipped on the switch. And it's, oh, cringing to the eyes because it hurts. So you shut it off real quick. Somebody who is living in darkness, your eyes were in darkness for 
I don't know, six, seven, eight hours while you're sleeping, and the light hurts. It's almost piercing until your eyes adjust and you start to see a little bit more clearly. You see, that is God's desire, is that we would come out of the darkness and we would live in the light so that way our eyes would be adjusted and we could actually see clearly how we're supposed to live within our identity in Jesus. But if we're living in darkness and we're sitting in darkness and we're constantly doing works that are of darkness, that are against the Lord, and we're constantly living there, when we come to the light of the Word, it's going to hurt a lot more than if we were living in the light. Which is why many people will shun the light because they don't like what it reveals on them living in the darkness. You know, I mentioned this, I think, last week. But it would be a shame for a doctor to keep you in the dark if he knew you had a terrible disease. The truth will hurt. Hey, you, you have cancer. The truth will hurt. I'm sorry, but you only got a short time to live. The truth may hurt. Oh, you need surgery on your appendix or else you're not going to survive. The truth may hurt and the procedure to deal with the truth may hurt. But God wants us to deal with it. And although the pain may come, he will be there to be our comforter through that pain. If we're living in our identity in Jesus. We're not supposed to be living in the darkness. We're supposed to be living in the light. But not only are we supposed to live in the light and walk in the light and not walk in the darkness as uh, we no longer are children of the darkness, those of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior. But then he also says in verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Imitators of God who walk in the light will have no fellowship with the works of darkness. They will have no fellowship with the works of darkness. That means you will not be companion or partaker of those works. I said uh, earlier on that this verse 7, the word partaker is going to come back up. That's what this word fellowship is talking about. It says, They're not, therefore, therefore, do not be partakers with them. And then he goes on to say, have no fellowship or have no partaker, have no uh, part in, uh, do not partake of uh, the works of darkness. Don't be somebody who is a co-laborer with these works of darkness, which are unfruitful works of darkness. The works of darkness will not produce fruit. They are kind of started and finished within themselves. There's no benefit to that. There's nothing that is going to be a help to you, but rather a hurt. Let's not partake of these works of darkness, but rather expose them. Uncover them. Allow the word of God to show you where we fall short. Because we're all sinners. And the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. You know, after we're saved, we still fall short of that glory. We still are not going to reach that standard, which is perfection, a living a perfect life. We will still fall short and we will still sin even as Christians, but he's saying, I want you to take that light. I want you to take the word of God and expose the darkness. So that way you don't live in the darkness, you don't walk in the darkness, but you deal with the darkness and you live in the light and you walk and live your life in the light of the word of God. You see, light dispels darkness. 
just as I mentioned with the uh, turning the light on in the middle of the night when you have to go to the bathroom or something. Also, when you go out to the woods and it's nighttime, or you go outside where there's not a whole lot of light pollution, which uh, down where we were in PA, we, it was hard to get away from that. But up here in Vermont, it's actually pretty easy uh, to not go too far and get away from all of the light pollution. And it's pitch black dark. But when you turn on a flashlight or a spotting light, if you're spotting for deer, it dispels the darkness so you can see. You know, there's times where we're in such a place, maybe it's in our bedroom because we have uh, dark out shades or something so we can sleep better, and you can barely see the hand in front of your face. You can probably slap yourself on the head and you wouldn't know it's coming until you felt it. It's that dark. And yet a little light, a little candle, will start to dispel that darkness. The light of the Word of God dispels darkness. That's why when uh, somebody goes into a place where there's a lot of darkness, a lot, a, a lack of the light of the Word of God in that particular place, that's one reason why it is come back, it, people will come back with uh, criticisms. They will return fire with harshness because they've been living in the darkness and they maybe are children of the darkness and yet that light is shining light on that darkness you know we're here to shine light on the darkness of this world with the word of God here in Vermont and no matter what may come our way I say that knowing that God is with me because we don't know what the future holds, but I do know who holds the future. But I know that if we stay faithful to the Word of God and to Him and His power working through us, that although there may be trials and tribulations, we are doing what God called us to do, which is living in the light, helping the light to dispel the darkness by giving it out to those who live in darkness. Imitators of God walk in the light. He goes on to say here in verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. Everything that is going to come to light, everything that is going to be uncovered, are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light, as Christ is the light of all men. We see imitators of God walk in the light. Secondly, imitators of God walk in wisdom. Imitators of God walk in wisdom. He says as he goes on here then verse 15 see then if you're going to walk on the light see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise. And so somebody who doesn't walk circumspectly is, a fool, is walking as a fool. That's what he says. And so he says, walk, as, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. What does this word circumspectly mean then? It means to walk accurately. It means to walk with diligence. It, it, it means to walk in a manner that is walking with purpose. Walk circumspectly. Know where you're putting your feet. Know where you're headed. And that is somebody who is wise. Uh, with maybe a month or so ago, I watched, uh, finally, some of you are probably going to think, I watched the Indiana Jones movies. All of the ones from the past, not the newest one. But 
they were actually more interesting than I thought they would be. I, I don't know. I, I started them before and just never actually finished finished the first one. But in most of those movies, Indiana Jones has to walk circumspectly. He has to walk accurately. Because you see what happens to somebody who doesn't. Who walks as a fool and just charges through like a bull in a china shop. And doesn't think about what they're doing. And doesn't look at all the clues around them and where they're headed. Uh, ultimately, generally, they get killed. But Indiana Jones can somehow evade all of these booby traps. How? Because he walks circumspectly. He walks with a purpose. Each step is done on purpose. Each step is towards the final destination, which is the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. He walks accurately. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to walk as wise, not as fools, and walk accurately. Walk with purpose. Walk with a uh, decided, decisive uh, leaning towards the Lord. Walk to the light. How do we walk accurately? How do we walk uh, circumspectly? Well, it's because of the Word of God that we can walk circumspectly. That we can know how to walk. That we can know how to live our lives. That we can know uh, what God desires from us from day to day. Because as I just uh, said, in the book of Psalms, it says that the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It shows us how to go. It shows us where to go. It shows us where to put our feet. It shows us how to walk in faith. Walk circumspectly. Don't just charge through as fools. Don't just uh, live life uh, not thinking about uh, the next step you're going to take. Uh, don't live life uh, just charging through life without even thinking about how God wants us to walk and live our lives. That is a fool. That is not somebody who is wise. But somebody who is wise is going to look to the capsule of the Word of God, uh, the Bible, and is going to say, God, what is my next step? God, how do I take the next step of faith? God, what is your desire for me as I grow as a Christian and as I live my life in my identity in Jesus? They walk circumspectly. But he says, not just walk circumspectly, but see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, Redeeming the time. Somebody who is wise is going to redeem the time. Somebody who is a fool is not going to care about the time. Because the days are evil, he says. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. The, the days that we live in are filled with peril. They are filled with hardships. They are filled with darkness. He says, walk circumspectly, redeeming the time, redeeming the time, buy up the time, and spend it wisely, is what he's saying. Buy up the time, and spend it wisely. If you're going to spend it wisely, you're going to walk circumspectly. How do we walk circumspectly? By living in the light. By walking in the light. Someone who is uh, imitating God and walking in wisdom is going to walk in the light. As that is the wise thing to do. Redeem the time. You know, we can take this and try to apply it in many different areas. But honestly, what he's trying to say here is rather than living in the darkness as somebody who is not part of the darkness anymore. You are now light because you are in Christ. Uh, don't just... Uh, uh, don't just spend your time living in darkness, but spend it wisely by living in the light and living out your identity in Jesus. That's what he said. You may hear this verse quoted uh, kind of uh, about many different things, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And yes, it may not be uh, totally out of context, but his point here is you're to walk as children of the light. And that is redeeming the time. That is redeeming and spending it wisely. He says they redeem the time because the days are evil. Therefore, man, I didn't think about this until I really went through it this time. I, even the last time I went through the book of Ephesians, not that long ago. He says therefore a lot. 
You know, you know this is a book that is building off of each chapter to a final culmination at the end where he kind of ties it all up. But he says, therefore, a lot. Because of what I just said, think about this. Because of what I just said, let's add on to this. Because of what I just said, let's uh, make our lives uh, deeper in this way. Let's walk more in our identity this way because of what was just said. Truly, if any book of the Bible cannot just be taken one verse at a time and is will, will be probably taken out of context, is the book of Ephesians. Because from chapter 1, verse 1, to all the way in chapter 6, and the end of that chapter, he is building on this theme of our identity in Jesus. And he goes on to say here, therefore, verse 17, do not be unwise, but understand that the, what the will of the Lord is. Understand that the will of the Lord is to walk circumspectly. Understand that the will of the Lord is to walk not as fools, but as wise. Uh, understand that the will of the Lord is to walk in the light, not in the darkness. Understand that the will of the Lord is to live your life within your identity in Jesus. He also says here in verse 18, I'll start in verse 17, he says, Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. And do not be drunk with wine. Uh, some would like to take that and uh, specifically use that part of the verse uh, to kind of go off on many tangents. And uh, we do see that the Bible says that uh, being drunk is not wise. Drinking is not something that is a wise thing to do. But that's not the main thrust of what he's trying to say here. He's not talking about how you walk and how you live in the light. Strictly to Jen say, you know what? The most thing, the, the biggest thing I want to say right now is, hey, stop drinking. What he's saying here is you are to be controlled by the Spirit of God. He says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. What does that word dissipation mean? Well, it means abandonment. Ultimately, it's talking about something that is a waste. It has no benefit. It's something that is not going to benefit your life. It's pretty much just abandoning your, yourself being controlled by the Spirit of God. And you're giving up yourself to be controlled by some sort of substance. Some sort of outside control. And he's saying you used to have that outside control by living in the darkness. Now I want you to be controlled by within something that is going to benefit your life, and that is by the Spirit of God. Be not drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Be controlled by the Spirit of God. How do we live in the light? Well, we know how to live in the life by the Word of God, but how do we actually do it? By the power of the Spirit controlling your life. The power of the Holy Spirit who is inside of you as a child of God, by, as a temple of the Spirit of God, uh, that comforter that we sang about, uh, being inside of you and controlling your life, it is not getting more of the Holy Spirit, but it's the Holy Spirit getting more of your life. You giving him more access. You giving the Holy Spirit more control. Be controlled, be filled by the Spirit. Every single day we need to say, God, I'm giving you myself to be controlled by the Spirit of God. We need to die to self. 
and live being controlled by the Spirit of God? Why are some days easier to live for the Lord than others? Generally, it's not because we have any greater temptations. It's generally because we have not given ourselves over to the Holy Spirit to control our lives. We've relinquished control. We've taken it from the Holy Spirit and said, I think I can do it today. And we are powerless against our temptations. The same temptation that you probably were able to overcome the day before, the week before. The month before. Why? Because you were doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit, not in your own power. You ever think about how we can go a month without getting into a particular sin? Or giving over to a particular temptation? And then it seems like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, we are uh, struggling with it once again. Not because the temptation got stronger. Not because the temptation was probably any more prevalent. Because in our society, I don't know how you can get a temptation any more prevalent than it already is. You got it on TV, you got it on the radio, you got it on the... Uh, we don't have billboards here in Vermont, but you would have it on the billboards. Uh, you have it on social media. You have it on the internet. You have it on your, your phone. You have it by just walking down the street. We have greater access to temptation today than we had in the past. But temptation and the power of temptation is just as strong as it was a month ago when you were able to combat it. How can we combat it a month ago but not yesterday? It's because of the power that we were trying to use to combat it with. And we were either using the Holy Spirit's power, God's power, or we were using our power. And when we use our power to combat the temptation... We will fail. We will give in. Because we are weak. The Bible says the spirit is willing. Our desire hasn't changed. The spirit within us is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit of God is willing to help us through that temptation. But the flesh is weak. When we think our flesh is no longer weak and we think it is strong, that is when we give back into those temptations. And we sin. He says, be controlled with the Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another, what's a good way to help you? To think on the right things, to remind yourself, to uh, give yourself over to the Holy Spirit. Well, speaking to one another, an edification between each other, the church needs each other, speaking to one another in songs, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, worshiping God. Singing the songs is not the only part of our worship service. This is part of our worship service as well. The preaching of the word of God. The digging into the Bible. Understanding what God has said for us to apply to our lives. This is part of our worship of God as well. The prayer is the part of our worship to God. But here he says, uh, this is part of our worship that we sing and we make melody in our hearts. Uh, one to another. Uh, to, to the Lord. And what are we doing? We're giving thanks always. What ought, we, what ought we be doing during this time? Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, who, or through who? In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Now we're not going to have time to dive into that last phrase. But that is a good transition phrase to get into what he tries to say next. With what we get into next week. And I'll mention that here briefly at the end. My point today is let's imitate God. Let's be an imitator of our Father. He says in verse 1, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. 
Imitate God by walking in the light. As there is no darkness in him. But he is the light. The light comes from God. And so if we're going to walk with God and imitate God, then we're going to walk in the light. But also, imitators of God will walk in wisdom. Imitators of God will walk in wisdom. Wisdom is not just knowing what to do. But uh, wisdom is also knowing when to do it. And how to do it. Walking in wisdom is not just knowing what God wants from me, but that he wants it from me to live in my identity in Jesus every single day. Walk in wisdom. As wise, not as fools. Let's pray. Dearly Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for this time you've given us. I do thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for helping us to understand how we are to imitate you. And that your desire for us is to live a life in conjunction with our identity in Jesus. And how do we do that? We do that by imitating you, our Father. Lord, continue to help us. Father, we thank you for what you've done, what you're going to do. I pray that you be with those who maybe you're still searching today. Father, searching for a way maybe to stop living a life of darkness. And Lord, the only way that we can stop living a life of darkness is by accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior. Understanding that we're a sinner. That the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. And that the Bible tells us that we cannot pay for our own sin. It says, for the wages of sin is death. For not by works of righteousness are we saved, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is, not a, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Nothing that I can do to pay for my sin. Which is why it pleased you to send Jesus Christ to the cross. It's all about the cross when it comes to our salvation. It's all about the blood when it comes to our salvation. Father, I pray that you'd help us to understand there's nothing we can do, but it's all in what you already done. What has already been done. The blood of Jesus Christ being shed on the cross for our sin. That we can't earn it, but that it's a gift of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that if we confess our sin, if we come to you and confess that we're a sinner, and that we need a Savior, you promise that you will save us. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, I pray that if there's somebody here today, if there's somebody watching online today that does not know that they have a relationship with Jesus, that they would contact us, that they would uh, let us know through their connection card, that they would let us know through commenting on this pit, on this uh, this live stream, or that they would uh, direct message us, email us, whatever it may be, that they can contact us so we can help them know. So that we can send them a book called Done to help them to see that they don't have to do anything except Accept the gift that you have already given. Accept the gift that you already paid for. We thank you for what you've done. Pray that you give the rest of the day that we have. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. Praise all in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to kind of give you a little bit of a glimpse. Next week, we are going to be talking about a passage that, on the outward view, May look like we're only talking to those who are married, okay? Because he talks about this marriage relationship. And we will talk a little bit about that, but he uses it as an illustration between Christ and the church. 
And so, although there probably will be some uh, aspects to that that we will mention about marriage, uh, just because, as an illustration, you need to help flush that out. And he does that in this next passage. But we're going to be talking about our relationship of the church, our relationship with Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to be here next week as we get into that uh, Jesus and the church and the relationship that we are to have with each other. And so thank you for coming today, for being here. If you uh, visit with us, don't forget to uh, fill out your connection card online or in person. And we'd love to do what we can to pray for you and be a help to you. And we thank you for coming. Hope you have a good rest of your week. And we will see you next week if we don't see you at the uh, Bible studies this week. Mm -hmm.